Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. What happens when a gang of hooligans show up at your house? They're each wearing an inverted turkey. And then we take a look at the story of a man who followed a blue orb into a cave, got on a spaceship, flew to Venus. Sounds like a normal UFO story, probably just a tall tale. At least that's what it seemed like, until the government tried to erase every trace of his existence. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. we got a ton of stuff to cover here. So first off, let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Bree. Bree surfing in. She's flooded Dead Rabbit Command. That's okay. We're wearing trunks today. She's surfing in. Bree, you're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. So Bree is strapping down her surfboard to the top of the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed out to... Uh-oh, wait. Hey, Bree, Bree, stop the car, stop the car. I'm getting a news report. I'm getting a breaking news report. Bree, forget where we were going. We are headed out to Maine. Jason Jalopy's driving down the road, and I turn to you, and I go, okay, breaking news is in, guys. I recently got this report from darkoutpost.com. Dark Outpost, you all know, is the most reputable news source with the word dark in the title. And, and this is breaking news, guys. I, I, didn't expect to, I didn't expect to cover this so soon. 50,000 Chinese troops have invaded the United States. Yeah, I'm getting that. I, that is correct. 50,000 troops have invaded the United States. Apparently, they've poured in over the Canadian border. Known communist Justin Trudeau has now become part of China. Apparently, according to this report, uh, uh, I'm getting another breaking news from darkoutpost.com. All 50,000, all of them, all 50,000 Chinese invaders have been destroyed. Clap. Everyone clap for the for the, the struggle. Not you, Bree. You have to drive the Jason Jalopy. She's like, oh, I want to clap. You can celebrate in your heart. Apparently, according to darkoutpost.com, 50,000 Chinese troops invaded the United States. They were all in Maine, all of them. <laughs> they don't know how to do an army. Apparently, they just invade one state at a time like they're playing Risk. They all invaded Maine, and the good old United States just blew them up, which is how wars normally act. But they dropped so many bombs on these Chinese troops that it actually was on the Richter scales. You see, I know you guys all heard about that, Huge earthquake in Maine. It was only 3.0. That's nothing to us West Coasters. But to people in Maine, it's the end of the world. That's that's the equivalent of 50,000 troops invading your country. That wasn't an earthquake. That's what everyone wants you to believe. That's what that geology industrial complex wants you to believe. No. That was actually bombs being dropped on the invading Chinese forces of the United States. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for doing your service. 
darkoutpost.com. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Want to give a special shout out to Dr. Hare. He's the one who showed me Dark Outpost. And then, oddly enough, while I was researching this event, I got a message from Andrew Clark 117 on Instagram. Wanted to talk about the fighter jet that went down over Michigan lately. Some conspiracy theories about that, that it was carrying nukes, that it was up to no good. Who knows? But... Dark Outpost knows that was actually the Chinese retaliating. You see, once 50,000 Chinese troops got blown up, the government's like, hmm, let's let's just blow up one of their planes, and then we're even. So one plane got shot down, and then a bunch of bombs that nobody saw dropped, killed a bunch of troops. Apparently, I've also heard, and I think Andrew was the one who who turned me on to this, but I'm not for sure. I think supposedly the 50,000 Chinese troops were in an underground military base, and the bombs went off in there. Which, again, not a good tactic not to put all 50,000... It's like in The Dark Knight Rises when every cop in Gotham went into the sewers at the same time and then a guy just padlocked the gate shut and they were down there for like five months. That was the Chinese battle plan. But it doesn't matter. We know now that uh, World War Three is well on its way to being over. United States will win. Justin Trudeau is quaking in his maple-filled boots. We will keep you updated. So let's get back to our regular story. So... Bree is taking us out to the... Oh, we're getting another breaking news report. Who's this? I'm getting this over the airwaves. Bree, just keep going. Just keep driving here. Um, I, I, okay, I'm... Apparently, according to the reputable news source, darkoutpost.com... This is a real website. I'm not making this up. I'm not making any of these stories up. Darkoutpost.com the number one news site named after a straight-to-video sci-fi movie from the 90s, darkoutpost.com, has revealed for the first time ever, guys, sit down. See, if you you normally stand while you're listening to this podcast, sit down. According to darkoutpost.com, known child trafficker, this is the only thing she's known for, nothing else, known child trafficker, Mother Teresa, the famous nun, who worked in India to help the poor. No, and she's not remembered for that. If you think think of her like that, you're just a blue-pilled fool. No, darkoutpost.com reveals that no one child trafficker, Mother Teresa, is actually Anthony Fauci's mom. (laughs) Mother Teresa, no one child trafficker, Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa, is Anthony Fauci's mom. You need proof? Fine. You want to ask for proof? Fine. Just go to their website and you will clearly see a photo of Anthony Fauci and Mother Teresa next to each other. Have you ever taken a photo with someone who was not your mother? I didn't think so. And don't you feel dumb now for asking that question? You want more proof? I will take a photo of Anthony Fauci and a photo of Mother Teresa and I will put them right next to each other. They both have eyes and noses. Guys, I can't just keep feeding you red pills here, man. You gotta, you gotta do the research yourself, bro. You gotta, you gotta look this stuff up yourself. But we all know now that Mother Teresa, no one child, you got, can't leave that part out. I, keep, I keep just wanting to refer to her as Mother Teresa. No one child trafficker, Mother Teresa, is actually Anthony Fauci's mom. But even if that was not true, it's not true. But Dark Alpos knows more than I do. But even if it was true, who cares, right? I mean, he has to have a mom. Anthony Fauci didn't hatch from a coronavirus-filled egg. He was a normal biological human. He has a mother. So, I don't know. But anyways, if his mother is Mother Teresa, then 
that's a huge news story according to darkoutpost.com. He does have he has to have a mother. But anyway, known child trafficker, she also there's a photo of her mother Teresa standing with Hillary Clinton, so guys, right there, known child trafficker. <laughs> known person who eats babies. Come on, guys. I can't do all the work for you. Here's a photo of two world leaders at their prime meeting each other. The only way that would happen is if Mother Teresa had a truck full of kids to give to Hillary Clinton. There's no other reason why world leaders would meet each other for a photo op. But I don't know why I'm editorializing so much. Darkoutpost.com. Again, a real website, not a parody, not a parody website. I've looked all over. This is not this is not the onion of conspiracy theorists websites, which is funny because on one hand that would be really cool, and on the other hand, you couldn't tell the difference. If I made an onion parody if I made conspiracy theory parody website, it would be a matter of weeks before those started to become legitimate conspiracy theories. That's not what this is. As clever as that would be. That's not what this is. Fifty thousand Chinese troops have already been destroyed in the United States. We'll see what other tricks Trudeau has up his sleeves. And then, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, Anthony Fauci is Mother Teresa's son. No one, why do I, I feel like I'm blue-pilled myself. No one, it's like I'm going out of my way to get my YouTube channel destroyed. Mother Teresa, no one, dang it, see, it's no one child trafficker. Mother Teresa, if you think I'm exaggerating when I keep saying that, this is the headline to that story. Child trafficker Mother Teresa was Anthony Fauci's mother. So it's not like I'm even editorializing by what they put in the article. And the article mostly is about how they don't like Mother Teresa. The first two paragraphs are like, oh, it's Anthony Fauci's mom. Here's a photo of them. They did take a photo. He was a much younger man. You know how sons are often younger than their mothers. That's curious. Very, very suspicious. And then um, then the rest of it goes on about how they don't like Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa is a fine person. I guess I was because re- I had to do research. You guys know how I do this. No matter how ridiculous the conspiracy theory is, I do research. Apparently, Christopher Hitchens made a video about how sucky she was. You know, she was trying to get people to become a Catholic. So, yeah, that's kind of that's what Catholics do. That's kind of what nuns do. They go, they want to convert people. And they're like, oh, that's horrible. You know that she ended up taking a bunch of money and sending it to the Vatican? I was like, yeah, that's kind of kind of how churches work. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of respect for Mother Teresa. But maybe that's just my blue-pilled boomer blood. I got to be more like Dark Outpost. But anyways, Bree, I know you've been drifting here, doing donuts and stuff in the dirt. We are finally headed out to where we were actually going to go. And that is... Okay, guys, we're going to have to save that first story for another episode because I'm getting another breaking news update from darkoutpost.com the dop is what us old timers who found this website two days ago call it the dop the dark outpost guys let us once again journey into the bowels of the dark outpost we got this other breaking news update you thought the other two were breaking news right world war three that's about as breaking news as you can get that was nothing anthony fauci is known child trafficker mother Teresa's son I don't even, even if that was true, it's not news. It's just kind of weird. But this, guys, this, I'm getting a report. I have, okay, there is photographic evidence of this. This is not a Photoshop. Well, to be fair, it's two separate photos laid on top of each other. But I can tell you this, the photos that these photos were taken from were real. Yes, they were merged into a new image, but the photos themselves used to be real. And if we can't consider that as evidence, then what can we consider as evidence? Ladies and gentlemen, George Soros, the bane of all conspiracy theorists. George Soros himself. George Soros 
has been caught in Philadelphia interfering with the election. Oh my, oh, dude, we just assigned those electors. And here is clearly a photograph of George Soros being escorted out by police officers after committing, these are what he's charged with, wire fraud, identity theft. Who's, whose identity is he stealing? Henry Kissinger's? He's like, no, no, I'm the other really, really old guy who wants to take over the world. We have wire fraud, identity theft, aiding and abetting. That's when he blocked it so like Henry Kissinger can fill out a bunch more votes. He's like, yeah, don't look over there. Look over here. Aiding and abetting and damage to computers. The internet has been so on George Soros's case. He's actually been smashing laptops. I don't know if that part's true. <laughs> None of it's true. I guess I can make up any story here. But actually, I I, I have to, there's a, a correction here. I'm getting another news bulletin from darkoutpost.com. The good old DOP, they are telling me that I'm wrong. It was not, George Soros was not at the Philadelphia voting place, the polling place, with handful of ballots. No, it's much more, sens- I'm getting this, it's much more sensational than that. Here's the actual headline from, Here's the actual headline from darkoutpost.com. George Soros's clone arrested in Philadelphia for election interference. So it wasn't even George Soros. Apparent it wasn't a lookalike either. Apparently George Soros died, but he owns Snopes. The Snope the, the, the it's listed in the article as the George Soros owned Snopes. Snopes says no, George Soros is still alive, but he actually did die. So every George Soros we see from here on out is actually a clone. They believe that he's made multiple clones of himself, a la Snoke, and he's going to continue to pull the strings around the world. Somehow, a billionaire who's trying to create a utopia, his version of a utopia, also has to go to the local polling booth. One of the most recognizable billionaires in the world, he has to break into the polling booth and be like, oh no, my name's Henry Kissinger. They're like, Kissinger, Soros, it doesn't matter. You've already voted like 10 times this election. He's like, no, no, that was my cousin, George Soros, who's been pulling these strings all over the world. Apparently, he's like, if you want to get something done, you got to do it yourself. So he sends a clone. Actually, he doesn't even do it himself. He sends a clone out to get busted. But if you want to see photographic proof, you can see a photo of a, of George Soros and then a photo of police merged together. And then for some weird reason, a photo of a wig. It's a, I, I really thought this website was a parody because it's so over the top. But there's a wig. There's a photo of a wig placed on George Soros's head. So it's like a disguise, I guess. But again, he's like an 80 year old billionaire who's plastered all over the Internet. So you, we don't, you're not going to get one past us, George Soros. We totally know that was you or your clone, one of the two. But anyways, there's multiple George Soros clones out there. I'll say this. Um, if, if anyone has enough money to clone people, it's probably George Soros, Bill Gates, and things like that. But if you're going to clone someone and put your consciousness in it, would you clone an 80-year-old man? You're an 80-year-old man, and you die, and then you're like, oh, but I'll live forever. I'll live till the heat death of the universe, and nothing but the corpses of elderly men. No, he'd be like a 20-year-old dude. He'd be like a young George Soros. He's like, call me Georgie. He's walking around. He's trolling. He's meeting up all the conspiracy theorists who talk trash. As I'm recording this podcast, he kicks down my door. But, you know, I don't know why I keep making these jokes. I don't know. Dark Outpost obviously knows something I don't. So be on the lookout. If you happen to be at work tomorrow, you work at a restaurant, you look in the dishwasher, you're like, that 
weird. That guy kind of looks like George Soros. And then you look over and you see one of the waiters walk by. <laughs> Looks like George Soros. Everyone's George Soros. Every customer's George Soros. You heard it here first, guys. George Soros cloned himself and sent one of his clones to fill out 10 ballots? How, how much election interfering can a single person do? I mean, sure, if it was organized, you can move tens of thousands, hundred thousand ballots, but unless... Maybe that's the trick ending. Maybe the cops throw him in the back of the cop car and they're like, you're going to take him away? And the guy goes, yeah. I'll do it. And they're like, thanks, Officer Jorge. And then he looks at George Soros and he's driving the car away. Who knows? But obviously I don't. Dark Outpost is the one who revealed all that to me. This website's been bookmarked, by the way. And I honestly wish I could go more into detail with these crazy conspiracy theories, but that's it. Like each article's maybe only three or four paragraphs long. And I did look up more of them. Oddly enough, there's not a lot of proof that George Soros has cloned himself online. I did look though. But I have this website bookmarked. We might be getting more updates in future episodes. Thank you very much, Dr. Hare, for sending this one over. It <laughs> provided me with a lot of entertainment. But we have a real story to cover. The Inverted Turkeys is a real story. I'll cover that one later. But right now, Bree, we're done joyriding in the Jason Jalopy. Let's call in that carpenter copter. We are headed out to Mount Brown, North Carolina. Carpenter Copter is leaving behind Philly. A, a mountain of George Soros clones are climbing after us like World War Z. But Bree, take us out to North Carolina. Specifically, we're headed to Mount Brown. Mount Brown, it was a location in X-Files. It's fairly well known in the conspiracy community. It's paranormal community for what's known as the Brown Mountain Lights. I remember reading about these things when I was a child. There are mysterious lights that float around the mountain. It happens on a semi-regular basis. It's not super rare, but it's not like you can set your watch to it. Cherokee tribes in the area had mentioned it back before the Europeans came. And then even later on, people are still saying they saw these lights. Scientists, it's become such a phenomenon that scientists have actually gone out to try to study it. I remember when I was a kid, the first answer they gave was, it's the headlights of trains coming through the mountains. It's kind of a flippant answer, right? Headlights of cars. And of course, your first thing is, so you're telling me the Cherokees had a really good train system? Oh, no, no, we don't know if they were saying that could be retcon or anything like that. But what you're seeing is lights. And then I guess what happened, there was a huge flood at some point in like the 60s, the 70s. There's a huge flood and it knocked out a bridge and there were no trains or cars coming down that pass for a, quite a while. It was like six weeks. And the lights continued. But even now, scientists go, I, oh, you know, no, it's just old hillbillies telling stories, which, to be fair, it could be. But again, it was on an episode of The X-Files. It was that really good one, too. I'm going to open this Diet Pepsi. It was that really good episode of X-Files where they got the mold in them and they started hallucinating like future lives. It's a really creepy episode. That was one of those episodes that disturbed me because I don't like reality breaking like that. But anyways... You should check that episode out. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Bree, go ahead and land this helicopter in town, a little town nearby. We're going to meet Ralph Lale. The year's 1961, and Ralph was a furniture salesman by trade, but he also was an amateur paranormal investigator. He was one of us, guys. He was one of us. And he'd heard about these lights in the mountain. He wanted to check them out. So he began going up into the mountain when he had time. He spent several nights up there on and off. And then one night, he sees one of these orbs. Now, most of the people are seeing them in the sky. It's very UFO-ish. But the one he's seen 
is fairly close. He can actually able to kind of make out the dimensions of it, the size. He said it was a 10 by 12 sphere. And as he's standing there and he's looking at this thing hovering, I don't know, 50 yards in front of him, he says it feels like it's scanning him. He can almost feel its energy on his body. And then it leaves him and begins to hover through the forest. Now, this is what he was up there for. He was up there to investigate this phenomenon. A very brave man to do this part, though. Most people would be like, okay, it's investigated, it's here, it's real. They go back home. He begins to follow the orb through the forest. He follows the orb to a cave. He's walking through the spooky cave. It might have been <laughs> not been super spooky. They might have been stuffed animals, which would actually make it more spooky. But he's walking through the cave, and he sees the orb floating in front of him, and then he sees the cave kind of dead end, where a boulder has fallen down, blocking the cave. That's the end of the cave. But as the orb gets close to the boulder, uh, <laughs> it's not an old man having an orgasm. <laughs> That's the sound of the boulder splitting open and moving like a door. Uh, but you'll always imagine an old man having an orgasm when you hear that sound. The orb flies through the new doorway, and Ralph... <laughs> Runs in after it. He gets in there. He sees what looks like a maze of crystal tunnels. And they all lead to a room. A well-lit room at the end. And that's when he hears the voice. That's when he has his close encounter of the third kind. Here's a voice telling him not to be afraid. That he's not in any trouble here. The voice tells Ralph that they are aliens. Which could probably be surmised at this point. The voice goes, we're aliens from the planet Venus. Because you guys don't know what Venus is like yet. And Ralph's like, no. And he's like, there's no probes. No, no. no." He's like, okay, perfect. We're from Venus. It's totally lush. It's not a toxic hellscape at all. Because you don't know that yet. But not only are we aliens from Venus, you, Ralph, and all of humanity are aliens as well. Thousands of centuries ago. At this point, Ralph's looking for a chair to sit down because he knows it's going to be a while. Thousands of centuries ago, humans lived on a planet called Piwam. Piwam? Ralph says. I assume that he says, and the alien voice goes, yes, Piwam. It was a beautiful civilization. Humans were held in the highest esteem because they were the only ones on the planet. But then they unleashed the dark arts of nuclear warfare, power plants, and other nuclear stuff. The garbage pail kid, uh, Nady Nukem, or whatever his name was, Atomic Andy. It just nukes everywhere. And so the remaining humans left behind Piwam and settled on Earth. And they've forgotten their mistakes. But us Venusians have decided that if humans ever get out of hand with the whole nuclear thing again, we're going to kill all of you. So Ruff's like, okay, (laughs) is that like a threat? Yes, it's a direct threat to you. The voice says, if humans ever, ever cross that nuclear line again, they're all doomed. Then the voice says, don't tell anyone we told you this. <laughs> we just told you how to save the human race, but you can't tell anybody. Can't tell anyone at all. It's like, what? And they're like, shh. He just heard that in his ear. Shh. It also said, come back later. We loved, we loved, we had a great time chatting. We threatened the extinction of your entire species. You know, normal stuff. Ralph leaves the cave. And comes back two weeks later. And at that time, I don't know why he waited two weeks. Maybe maybe he had to wait for his next paycheck so he could afford the gas to drive up there. 
He goes back up there. He just walks in the cave this time. The the, the floating orbs is standing on the standing on the side of the cave, smoking a cigarette. He's like, "Hey, Barry. Hey, Ralph." And he just walks by. Uh, the door slides open. This time he goes in there. There's a spaceship in the cave, and the voice goes, "Hey, it was really dope that you didn't tell anyone." about how to save humanity because we really want to blow them up. Thank you so much for not revealing the secret of why humans will be slaughtered someday. And I was like, hey, no problem. I was too busy selling couches. I totally forgot about it. He's like, okay, great. We are going to take you to Venus as a reward. Who wouldn't want to go to Venus? Again, now, knowing it's a toxic, hellish landscape, probably not many people. But back then in 1961, it looked like it was from a sci-fi movie. So, Spaceship takes him to Venus. He lands in a Venusian city and he's walking around and he sees aliens. They look just like humans. They are basically also remnants of the Piwam society. Guy walks up. He's like, hey, what's up? One of those earthlings I've heard so much about. Dope. We got the secret handshake. And then another guy walks up. He's like, yo, Ralph, what's up? I'm reading your mind, bro. I've been probing you every night. I feel like I already know you. Ralph's like, huh? Another dude walks up. What's up, Ralphie? And all these dudes start walking up to Ralph, and he realizes something. Everyone here looks like peak human. They're super beautiful. They all are gorgeous, but they're all dudes. Every single person who comes up to him is a guy. Now, yeah, sure, it's a gorgeous dude, but (laughs) Ralph's like, oh, man. Can I have been greeted by a bunch of hotties? But then when he's thinking that, he sees... He's, there's like an endless crowd of beautiful men, and then he sees sitting on a pedestal a woman. Awooga! His eyes are bulging out. Not because he's attracted to her, because the oxygen levels are so low. He's like suffocating. It's like total recall. Awooga! Eventually, they give him some oxygen. They pressurize the dome over the city. He sees this beautiful woman. He's pushing these dudes out of the way. He's a man on a mission. He doesn't just sell furniture, he uses it. He puts it to use, tests those springs out. So he's pushing the guys away, and he walks up to the woman. He's like, hey, my name's Ralph. And and talk about game, dude. Like, my game's pretty on point. Kind of sucks because, you know, every place you can meet people is closed. But, you know, generally, pre-COVID, my game is on point. I don't have this type of game. I can't walk up to a space babe and then bang her before the sentence is even over. So I got to give credit to Ralph. He talks to this girl. I mean, barely, barely any conversation. But she's into that kind of thing. She's like, no names. No names. I don't want to know what star system you came from. Let's just do it down and dirty. He ends up banging this chick. And then they kick him off Venus. (laughs) Basically, that's the end of it. He bangs this chick. And then, I don't know, a bunch of dudes show up. And they're like, dude, you got to (laughs) leave. You should probably leave. That girl has some crazy space HPV airborne you gotta hurry up you gotta hurry up right after he has sex with that girl they put him on a spaceship and send him back to earth and now at this point the blue orb is waiting for him in the circular room where the spaceship was at in the cave and ralph jumps off the spaceship and the orb goes i'll show you out like they did not want him banging this girl apparently i'll show you out and as they're walking through the cave ralph looks down and he sees a, a, a little dude but it's not like a little gray alien it's like a three-foot-tall mummy laying on the ground. And Ralph goes, hey, what's that? And the orb's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's seen one mummy, you've seen them all. Orb is, orb's been to the edge of the universe. He's not like, he's probably wouldn't even be impressed if Bigfoot was punching him. He's like, what? I saw stars die, <laughs> dude. This is nothing to me. He goes, I don't know. He goes, but tell you what, the orb goes, you can take that home as proof 
of your adventures. So I don't know now if he can warn everyone that we're about to get slaughtered by aliens, but he takes the little mummy home. And he does just that. When he goes back home, he actually props it up in his store, and he tells people his story. Imagine going into buying a futon, and he's like, first off, I banged an alien chick, and I found this mummy in a space cave. I don't know if that would make you buy the food. I'd, probably, I'd buy the futon, definitely, then. So he kept this displayed. People in the area knew about the story. He was an investigator. He actually took this seriously enough that he began writing a book about his experiences. Now, what's funny is I, when I was reading the story, I thought, in and of itself, the story is perfect Dead Rabbit Radio material. It's obscure. It's wacky. It has sex in it. It had all these things that I love. But then the story ended and the really bizarre stuff began. Because as much as I like that story, it could easily be made up. There's one witness to the event. He wrote a book. A lot of times when people write books, it's... Well, I mean, people write books for all sorts of reasons. But sometimes the books are written to... They're making up a story to get money is what I'm trying to say. So books can be both a boon and a curse. This man tells people this story. And shortly afterwards the town begins to notice an influx of what could only be described as government agents. Typical men in black, but realistic, like men in black suits. They're not aliens popping around, but people start to notice that these people seem to be around more often. Locals to this day complain that when you investigate the Mount Brown lights, it seems to bring about government surveillance. Now, again, there could be a reasonable explanation for that. But this is how the people in the town felt, and that's how Ralph felt as well. He begins to openly complain that he's being harassed by the government. As he finishes the book, The Brown Mountain Lights, he believes that the harassment is only getting greater. There are people in town who believe his story. There are people in town who think it's totally made up. There is that mummy that he has that he got a hold of in 1961. And I read multiple sources on this. There is only one photo of this thing existing. It's a blurry black and white photo. Which even in 1961, for something of that notoriety, even just locally, seems weird there's only one photo, but there's only one photo of it. Now, some people say it is some sort of monster that's been mummified in the cave by some sort of alien force. Mysterious Universe ran an article on this, and it was written by Micah Hanks. And he said he did a blog on this previous to his Mysterious Universe story. And oddly enough, this was an odd detail. He says there's not only one photo of this. Technically, he said there is one known photo of this creature. But he was able to see a photo that is a more clear photo from someone's private collection. Why would someone want a photo of an artifact like that and want to keep it private? Especially with what Micah ends up saying it's the case. He says that he did a blog on it. He was contacted by a Sideshow website, a website that specializes in freaks. And they said that it looked exactly like the type of art made by Homer M. Tate. He's a folk artist. He would go out in the desert and find bones and teeth of animals and use them to create these dolls. Because that was one of the things that people who saw the creature thought was remarkable. It had real teeth. So Mysterious Universe goes, there's not just one photo. There's one known photo, but there is another more clear photo out there that Micah Hanks saw. But he didn't share, at least he didn't share on the Mysterious Universe article. He didn't have a copy of it. He just said that he saw it. So there's a debate over whether or not the creature was real. And 
Also, Mysterious Universe pointed this out. To be fair, Ralph never claimed the creature itself was an alien. He said that he found it in a cave. He found this thing in a cave. He's not saying that the aliens gave it to him. They're not saying that he stole it from the planet he found it in a cave, which I personally would find hilarious. If you were hanging out with an alien and it was taking you back home and your adventure was over and you saw something on the ground, and you're like, can I take this as proof that, that you exist? And the alien looks and it's just like a spoon. It's like a Garfield spoon. And he's like, yeah, sure, take it. Yeah, you're going to take it and it's, it's just something that was littering the cave. It's not ours. Just take it out. It'll be hilarious. You're cleaning the cave at the same time. He never said it was alien. He just said that he found it in the cave. But whatever the case, whether it was made by Homer and Tate and somehow ended up in the cave, whether it was a real mummified thing that simply looked like some of his full card, who knows? We do know this. Ralph died in 1978. So 17 years after he had this adventure, he passed away. One of the articles said he passed away mysteriously, which is always a wonky word because what's mysterious to you may not be mysterious to me. But... Um, I wasn't able to find his cause of death, but one said that he decided he died mysteriously and that was make it a little more menacing. Whether or not that's true, I thought these details were absolutely bizarre. After he passes away, the mummy goes missing. Fine. Family members could have taken it. Maybe they knew that it was a fraud and they wanted to hide it or dispose of it before someone could realize that the whole thing was a fraud. Maybe a private collector took it. Maybe it was this thing, or maybe the government took it. It could be any of those three. But that that happens in these stories before. Someone has a bunch of secret files and something. He dies. No one can find the files. Adds another layer of mystery. But we have him dying, maybe mysteriously. We have the mummy go missing. They bulldozed his store shortly after he died. The building where he had his business no longer exists. That's not normal. When we cover these type of stories and you have a guy and he has a house and he's collating all this stuff on Area 61, he thinks he's coming close to the truth. He goes missing or he dies mysteriously. His files go missing. Then bulldoze his house. I tried looking up his book. The book came out in 1965. So, yes, books that are older, sometimes they've fallen out of print. It was like a local story. It happens. There are, there are tens of thousands of books that have completely disappeared from the world they just ran out of prints and then the copies were destroyed and and that's that what's interesting though is that it has an amazon page so obviously someone has created this amazon page far after the publishing of the book there's actually one review on the amazon page it was written on january 17th 2017 so someone had read the book up to that point so you go jason it's not the necromanon like this book just can't disappear and this is just some lore going around the universe there are copies of the book it's a 28 page book it's not this huge tome it's a 28 page book there is a copy available you can go to the university of kentucky and contact their special collections research center make an appointment ahead of time and get into their closed stacks section of the special collections research center for a 28 page book of an author who's been passed away for quite a while now, where you could easily just make a copy. To view what was written in this book, you have to make an appointment. In the digital age, the contents of this book are literally under lock and key. It's so funny because on the face of it, this story is ridiculous. You already have the brown mountain lights, which is a phenomenon that people have been trying to shoot down for decades. 
And the people in town are now saying that they feel like they're harassed. Multiple stories of people feeling harassed if they're investigating these things. That's weird. But then you have a guy telling a story about him banging a woman on Venus, which should be dismissed out of hand. Should actually be dismissed out of hand by any skeptic. But instead, they bulldoze his store and hide his book. Unless you have an appointment. It's a funny story about a man who finds out how to save humanity and then spends his time having sex with the hottest woman in the solar system. But the actual story may be the cover-up. What did Ralph know? What did Ralph reveal? Is it possible he was so close to the truth the government is doing everything they can to erase his story and him from the face of the earth? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.